You're listening to the Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Bayliss from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. Did you know, Becky, that we have a (laughs) Patreon site? Do we, Kate? We do! Oh, I love our Patreon site. I may be a little bit biased, but I think it's pretty awesome. Frickin' awesome! (laughs) So do you know what kind of content we have in there? Tell us. Go on, I'll tell you. So we have Forage Fridays, Muscle Mondays. We have all the sessions that you have with Trudy recorded and on there. All the behind the scenes stuff. The visits that I go do, for example, working with feral donkeys and how we get around that. All our workarounds, warts and all. Yeah. It's all there. Behaviour. Behaviour. We have forage. We have different species that we work with. We have... Fun little videos that we create on how to make herbal teas and stuff. Yeah, we have anatomy. We have enrichment ideas. Oh, there's tons. There is tons. There's lots and lots. And anybody that we interview as well, that goes on Patreon, doesn't it? Because you actually get to see their face. Yeah. On Zoom. Yeah. yeah. So our Shauna videos on there. Yeah. Absolutely. Our Heather Moffat one. Jesse Samson, Dr. Did you Emily Kisson is going on there. <laughs> <laughs> you just go to the top of the Patreon page and you can just search by the categories. So you can have training or targeting or stationary targeting. Loading. Loading. Loads of different stuff on there. It is only £8.33 a month. Yeah, for our Patreon site, which I think for the amount of content we get is great. And we have such a lovely group of patrons, but we want more people over, don't we? We We want to get the discussion started more. We do. And also our patrons will always get exclusive first choice to the events that we are holding and our CPD days. And they're in there too, actually, aren't they? They are. They are. We've got feature-length movies about feet and, and gut, gut biomes. Yeah, I know. Very so good. much content. So how can we get on... How can you find us on Patreon? Well, what you can do is just search for Little Green Stables and you will find it. And often, with our social media posts, we're linking into that Patreon site. So you can just find one of our social media posts too. Or just Google Patreon Little Green Stables. Hello. Hello, Kate. Hi, Becky. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good now that I'm on the other side of COVID. Thank God. <laughs> and I'm actually like really excited about this podcast because it's the first proper bit of work I've done in a while. And I'm very, very interested in the lovely lady that we have here today. I know. We've got super guests, to. haven't we? Super and I just guests. want to get started now because I've All right, got okay. so many questions. <laughs> Okay, I'll get on with it. Okay. So, hello, Ella. Hi. <laughs> awesome and today, to be here. <laughs> Oh, great to have you. We're joined by Ella Bartlett, who's at Forest University studying a PhD. Um, she's a lecturer in animal welfare, and she's got four horses, which we're going to hear lots about. But we're also chatting to her about her study that she has um, been involved in for her PhD, which we have shared uh, I know that Little Green Stables have shared it. I know Ecological has shared it alongside lots and lots of other people. So we're going to talk Ella's about that. Ella's connected. <laughs> <laughs> if you okay, haven't you guys. seen this study, then I think that 
you're not looking on Facebook because literally it was I was so impressed Ella by the amount of people you got to to um share it I thought it was brilliant really good Do you, I think Ella... I probably annoyed a lot of people with that so thank <laughs> well, you very much because I started to feel bad <laughs> I was very you're, you're the little terrier aren't you go on please please can you yeah. in every group I just put in training horse training joined the group so I'm on a lot of weird Facebook groups now <laughs> <laughs> the name of the game I know that one <laughs> Ellen how many people completed the study do you know yet um yeah so we had like 1668 people so Whoa. quite a oh nice number goodness. yeah we're pleased with that and um what was extra nice is it traveled around the world like really well Amazing. so often it just gets a bit stuck in the UK but no we've got nice nice <gasps> mix from everywhere so that's going to be fun that's brilliant because I we have um Willow who's one of our podcast listeners and a client of mine she's at Hartbury and she did the study but it was UK based so yep. I know her studies closed now and but yeah to be worldwide is fantastic so can you tell us all about the study please <laughs> loads of us obviously filled it out so um yeah let's 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 talk about the study mm -hmm. uh, yeah I can do so I guess I'll start with the overall big aim of my PhD uh, which I'm still in the early stages of I'm gonna say so <laughs> we're not too far in uh, but the ultimate aim in the end is to help answer the question, how do horse owners choose which training method to use or training approach, whatever you want to call it, but how do they actually kind of decide or how do they get to the method they're currently using? Um, because it's kind of scary that we don't really know. And we have, you know, we have lots of research going on looking at which training methods we should use. But if horse owners aren't yeah. going to then use them, that's kind of not pointless, but that's a bit of a problem. Mm. So, yeah, that's the question I'm wanting to answer. So this questionnaire was just our almost our starting point. So actually my proper starting point was looking at the literature and seeing which training methods have been talked about in the research. But this was our first go at kind of asking horse owners, okay, firstly, which methods are you using? Because actually that's something we still don't really know, which methods are out there yeah. being used. Um, and then we wanted to see how a lot of the common methods are viewed. So we had some interesting questions in there asking people how likely they were to use a couple of different methods and then asking how ethical they thought each one was, how practical and easy to apply they thought each one was, and how effective they thought each one was, to kind of see, okay, so the methods they're more likely to use, why are they more likely to use that one? Is it because they actually are looking at which one's most ethical and they're going for that one? Or do they just want something that works? So they're more prioritizing kind of practicality and they're going with that one. So that's one bit of my questionnaire. Please stop me if I'm rambling, by the no, way. You guys. I love this. <laughs> um, and another question I'm going to kind of try and maybe not answer, but help us understand a little bit better is, um, are there certain factors? So that could be things like um, the country you live in or your age or your experience with horses or the discipline you compete in or ride in or whether you compete or not. Um, all of these different things actually does that influence maybe your choice of training approach too? So is it that actually there's one method that we see people that compete don't really use? Yeah. And then, yeah, trying to understand what factors kind of lead people cool. or maybe associated with particular training methods. So it's just a starting point to kind of understand if there's any kind of fundamental things that are pushing people more towards one method than another. And Mike, then... can I just say, Ella, <laughs> that I think I would, this is why I couldn't do a PhD, what you're doing, is because straight away I'm like, I would judge all of it and be like right I reckon this is what happened Becky you'd be the same we'd be like right they will choose that and that's the trend and this is what will happen but you just you can't make those can you you've just got no. to stay unbiased and yep. and do it so what wow 
come on <laughs> sorry that was a lot well that was a lot and then our next step will be kind of this will help us inform the next bit which will be discussion groups and and interviews and things like that so I'm hoping to get discussion groups with people like six people or so that use one method and then another group of people that use another method to ask then okay why do you use your method and why don't you use other methods so that's next bit <laughs> but amazing yeah. did you when you um kind of thought about doing this I know you're not supposed to have any end goals but you know do you <laughs> I'm trying not to get in trouble because I you know I did but are you do you have something from the way that you work or your history with horses or something that you kind of would like to achieve with this what is like the real do you have a, a goal you want to achieve Oh, that's a really good question. And like you say, we need to be careful and try not to be too biased. But I think, you know, going into this, anyone's going to have their own biases, aren't they? So um, my own background is I really love essentially what you guys do. So kind of the positive reinforcement, but actually I'm trying to be led by the science. And I think we've got quite a lot of nice evidence there to say this is the method maybe more of us should be trying to use. Um, And I just think it's quite interesting that it's still so common in the equestrian industry to use training methods that we now know aren't supported by the science. So that's almost where my interest lies is science is saying one thing, but people still aren't maybe moving towards that. And they're still believing, you know, or using these methods that are maybe based on, we could say myths now. Um, (laughs) So it's just, why, why basically? Yeah, as well, I would be interested to know. Oh I did that answer your question, but no, but that's my question too. I I'd love that. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And there's all these so like International Society of Equitation Science. Their big message is like we want to get people using evidence based methods. But then there's no work that I know of other than kind of what I'm doing going on to really be like let's understand what would it take for the humans to start adopting those methods. Mm. We're focusing on the horse, which is best, which is great. Like go for it. But yeah, we need to also see what I... we can do to encourage people to do the good thing yes no but it's really important so what you're doing is is so super important and I I thoroughly am so happy you're doing this because I have often thought you know with equi scholars like how am I going to get that what that human behavior change how do we get that do I and the way that I've done it and and it it's kind of like you know it has to look horsey and not necessarily the way that I would normally do it because I'm trying to make it look so it can compete with normal horsey stuff because I think about the kids and what they're into and what they want when they think about horses and all that kind of stuff so this work is so important for us to be able to start making these little changes and you know really because I won't go on too long sorry I'm just going to have a little rant because what we're doing now it's great we're coming out with the science and everything like that it's brilliant but we have to convince people we have Mm -hmm. to find a way in and so far I feel that sometimes we don't do a very good job of that because we're a bit too out there with you should do this and this is bad and blah blah and then we all get looked at like we're crazy people that have like this major agenda to pull down the whole horse industry so it's really, really important that people are, are doing this in a different way and finding a way that works because we're just hitting our head against the, you know, the drum or whatever it is, a bit of wood and getting the same results. So so let's look at something different. Mm, love it. Love it. Thank right. you. <laughs> let's talk about. Um, so can we talk about results? Have you done results yet? Or we're we not allowed um, to talk about that? Well, 
I, I haven't got my note. It literally closed a couple of days ago, but there's some interesting things I could comment on. Yes. With a big disclaimer that like they haven't been properly analysed yet. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And um, did you find that the people, so predominantly, obviously, when I saw it on Facebook, I saw it shared by behaviourists and positive reinforcement trainers and stuff. Did you get it into other circles or was it, how was it received? Yeah, well, that's a really interesting point, actually. So uh, we have, I think, kind of captured a lot of the main methods, but actually it's interesting what you just said, because the the kind of big group of people that really were super interested in it and were really sharing it and keen to answer it were those more kind of positive reinforcement or force free or Lima kind of those are the key mm. groups that came out they were the ones really sharing it and getting involved um which was yeah really interesting I think in itself um there's a chance that could be my own bias coming in but it could also mean that those groups of people are more keen to talk about training or keen to share training or willing to talk about training I don't mm. I don't know so that would be interesting to looking well, further ella ella what um you said it, it obviously it went well worldwide what countries um filled out filled out the Ooh. questionnaire <laughs> i don't have the list in front of me but it was uh still a lot from the uk because it would be um and europe as well but then actually a lot in america and canada that was a big one um and australia as well because it was shared by some it was shared by some um equitation science people as well who kindly shared it there so um, so yeah those are the kind of big groups and then but we've got loads of little pockets of people from all over the place so yeah sorry. I mean I, I mean say again you said to us earlier how, how many you had the lab, um, so yeah 1668 yeah, that's amazing so that's yeah. a really big survey and considering it was quite great long information I'm really pleased yeah yeah. So considering you had results from all over um, the world, do you have to take that into consideration as well when you're looking at your, you know, you're looking at those habits of the people mm -hmm. and we're looking for the behavior change? I guess you, there's even like really deep down layers that you need to go into. So we can kind of talk about like rough general numbers now, but mm -hmm. because of that stuff, that's why whatever you say and tell us, we understand that it's not, you know, mm -hmm. uh finite let's say yeah no, absolutely <laughs> there we go. and it, like in you. itself we've made our lives really tricky to not just focus on UK because there's different like structures and education pathways in all the different countries so like we have the BHS which is I think would be probably a big factor of kind of where people start and the pony club and things like that but other countries are quite different so yeah made our lives tricky but we wanted to capture it <laughs> if we could at the start anyway kind yeah. of what's going on in other countries so 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 generally what what kind of results are we would you say we trending <laughs> kind of thing I'm being yeah. trying to be really careful that's not okay and I really don't have much so uh, these are just a couple of key points but firstly I'll say that as we see with a lot of these surveys it was 93% female which is mm. the classic thing yeah. yep and I think the mean age of participants was like 43 or something so again like maybe that is the mean age of the population or that's just who we're keen to do this questionnaire mm. I don't know but interesting yeah. in itself but we did have a range so it wasn't just that group that was just kind of where the, the average sat um so I'm trying to think where, where I want to start because um, <laughs> I've only got the two juicy bits written down um 
<laughs> the two yeah, juicy was, bits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, in general, when I asked people kind of likelihood to use the different methods, so the different methods were negative reinforcement was one, but I never actually said, would you use negative reinforcement? I gave them examples. So it was like mm. um, removing something to encourage a behavior that you want to see more of. It was, it was those kind of examples. Um, so one was negative reinforcement, then we had a positive punishment one, um, which again was kind of tricky because punishment could be beating your horse or yeah. it could be just adding the word no. Mm-hmm. So I gave mm-hmm. both of those. So I gave like tapping them on the nose as one example and then sharply using the word no to discourage your behavior. So even what I put there is going to alter how people feel about it. But in general, most people said they kind of would be very unlikely to or unlikely to use punishment. Yeah. So that was interesting, but I haven't broken that down yet into more groups. Um, the two ones that were really interesting was I then asked about using essentially positive reinforcement, but with pats and scratches. Um, even though I guess we know patting isn't really reinforcing to horses, mm. the research said. <laughs> but anyway, I said patting or scratching. There's one study that was like, everyone uses positive reinforcement, but they included patting. And I was like, does that mean everyone uses positive reinforcement? <laughs> probably not. Uh, probably not. But uh, when I asked about that, people, the majority of people said they would basically pat and scratch to reward their horse. Um, I think it was 93% said they were likely or very likely to use that method. Um, but oh, then okay. I, that's, that's great. Like people yeah. were keen. And my supervisor mm-hmm. is Joe Hockenhull, who did the work that found that people that report using more rewards when they're training, they also reported having fewer behavior issues with their horses. So that was part of her PhD. Oh, wow. So it's nice to see, yeah, that people are keen to reward their horses. Like I say, the, the yeah. population was a bit skewed, I think, that we had people that were maybe more that type of person. Um, but what was really interesting was the next question after that was essentially the exact same question, but rather than patting and scratching, it was give a food reward. And we see a big old drop mm. from 93% to, mm. to 75%, which I think is still high. But actually, it's interesting that we immediately see, a, oh, no, I wouldn't be likely to use that. Yeah. So that's just an interesting one, because we kind of, I'm sure we all kind of know there's a bit of a weird thing going on in the industry with attitudes towards using food to training. Yeah, I'd love to dig into that more. I almost think this is justification now to just do a project on do you use food, yes or no, and why, yeah. yes or why no. <laughs> I'd love to ask horse owners that. But yeah, so it's, it's really interesting, the whole food thing. I, I mean, I see it everywhere I go when I'm treating I'll they say oh, I don't give them I don't give my horses treats I don't feed them and it, and I find it really odd because in the dog world when you know one of the first things is teaching your dog to sit isn't it mm-hmm. and you use a food reward generally to kind of take it to the the back of the head of the dog to encourage to lure it to sit basically and then you reward it and yet it's such a um such taboo. a dumb thing in the horse world but it's in the in the dog world but such a taboo thing in the horse world it's so strange I'm glad you mentioned really, that. Yeah. I was just going to say really part of comes... my project. Sorry. Part of my project yeah. later on is going to be looking at that. Maybe I'll say more at the end, but I like that you've compared Ooh. it to the dog world because I think that's very interesting. Yeah. The dog world is so like recall. You call them, you give them something great for coming to you. You know, you teach them to sit, you give them mm-hmm. something to sit. Do you know what I have a theory? It, why is it so different? Yeah. I, do you want to hear oh. my theory? Oh, One A theory <laughs> that I have. I think it's because it's seen as a bit of a weakness. Mm -hmm. And I think because horses are so, well, especially in the UK, so steeped in tradition to do with 
ego and status throughout history that we you know people we just haven't evolved any further yeah. we're just still part no. you know evolving yeah no, <laughs> and, I think that's yeah. a really interesting point and probably very true yeah and um, I want to add as well I, I think, think it could also be about management can't it yeah no, absolutely. And I sometimes think horse owners, they want to feel their horse is doing it because the horse loves them or enjoys the work. And it's like, I don't want to bribe yes, them to do it. Yes. They, oh. they do it because they love me. And I have a bit of a weird, I don't know, I'd love to know your thoughts. Um, these films, these horsey films that are like, you know, the classic, like they capture a wild stallion and no one can get near it, but the kid goes yeah. and it does it because it trusts the girl. And it's just all this magic, Heartland. like, wow. Yeah, you <laughs> We've all but watched it. <laughs> haven't we exactly um storylines are fun uh, <laughs> but yeah I, I wonder if that's part of the one as well that you know there the horse is doing it because they trust you and love you and then horse owners are probably thinking well that's why I want my horse to do it not because I'm bribing them with mm. food because I want them to trust and love me mm. um yeah so I think that's another there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of mythical bullshit isn't there that goes along with horses and they're like the unicorns and they're these fantasy creatures that we have imaginary love stories with and it's it mm. is actual bullshit and it, it, it's a really quite a disturbing thing because I see people on the internet you know and they're using all these kinds of weird and wonderful ways to connect with their horse and their horse just looks cack scared of them but they're using their breath or their hands or their structure and then they love their horse and their horse loves them and it's all about trust and I'm just thinking whoa this is mythical magical nonsense and it's so damaging but we are kind of um stuck in it and when you see portraits of horses you know you see that obviously the Disney characters but then you also see sort of like um clouds and dream sequences behind them or dust you know where they're kicking up dust when you see your dog you know, you don't, again, we're com I'm comparing it to dogs, but you just don't have those kinds of pictures that doesn't kind of happen in your head. So we've definitely made them mythical in, mm -hmm. in, in some way. And then, of course, we have all these fantastic Viking Netflix programs, whether you choose. I, I like to watch the horses, but I'm counting which horse is lame, how many horses are cha know, change in the, you know, yeah. so you know, it's the same with, oh, um, what's the big film? War Horse. You know, I remember going to the cinema with my friends and we sat there and went, well, that horse changed so many times, that horse, but, you know, and it's just awful. It just takes mm. all the joy, you know, so I can see why we get stuck in it because it's mm. it's actually quite nice to stay in that crazy place, yeah. but it's not reality and it's actually not fair on the horse at all. No, I think that's a really that's good point. That's my rant. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it because I, yeah, I agree with a lot of it. <laughs> um, and I think with those owners, you've got to like applaud them. Like they're clearly wanting to do better for their horses, but then they're, they're latching onto these ideas. And I want to know why. Is it because they don't know another way? It could just be knowledge. That could be something. Or is it that they're resistant to use that for some reason? And yeah, that's, I think that's so do interesting. Do you think or, as or, well? Or is it because it works for them? It works for them sometimes. And if they just it works don't know for what them, the side effects are. Think, yeah, it's hard to think about. Uh, it's hard to think about if you love that animal, you love that animal, and you think that animal loves you. It's hard to actually come to the realization that that animal possibly doesn't. It just mm -hmm. trusts you, or it sees you as a resource, or it sees you as the giver. You know, I think I'm the waitress, I'm the toilet cleaner, I'm the feeder, I'm the trainer. 
I'm, you know, but so they rely on me, but they're not necessarily, they don't necessarily love me. I think they trust me, but I don't think they necessarily love me. Yeah, that's so interesting you said that because that's, that's my hard. view too. And I think that's a controversial view. And I'm always very careful when I say it. But I almost I don't think my horses love me. I'm not sure horses can love us. I think the best thing we can do for horses is consistently predict positive things that actually when we're around, good things yes. happen. And I think mm. that's as close as we can get to like them loving us is that we evoke maybe positive things in their lives. So, yeah, I that, love that. You said that. <laughs> I'm just going to wade in on that whole um conversation we were just having about i i actually believe that people need to follow lots of people need to follow something ideologies you know look in every level of life we do it and i think it's no different with the horse world and i think that unfortunately the showman that you get are the ones that use these punishment based methods because it's all about showmanship but they are charismatic and they're able to bring in let's face it mostly women you know with a man going look at me I can stand on a horse and you know far at the same time whatever like you know it, unfortunately it's all a gimmick it's all we do it every day with tv everything that we watch yeah. it's just what do we choose what shop are we gonna yeah. are we it's gonna go with isn't it at the end of yeah. the day they've got to market their mm. method and a lot of them do it very cleverly and fun paper that's out recently sorry i don't know if you guys will be interested but it just they did um they looked at uh websites of dog trainers and looked at their word use and they found that there was a big difference in the word that force free trainers used in their websites versus basically non-force free other normal balanced whatever we want to call it dog trainers and they found that um those balanced ones will call electronic collars like e-collar e-collar training device Mm. and then the force free ones will say shock collar and even that difference in language was so interesting and telling that it's a training device it's just to give them a little buzz or you know the whips just to give your horse a little bit of encouragement Mm. versus we could say no it's to cause pain <laughs> you hit them to cause pain or you could say no mm. we encourage them forward just so they know that we give them a very clear aid and like mm. we, it's always dressed up in the horse world I think some of these things and it's it's uh, no I completely agree I think if we could get the packaging right unfortunately it's hard to make the science like look cool and like <laughs> have a brand because believe me I'm trying to do it <laughs> um, you're doing an awesome job can I jump in and say <laughs> thank you but it is hard to make it like yeah look at this and showmanshipy and stuff because you've just got to have that you've got to you've got to have that business side to it unfortunately and that's what all these people do that are going you know all those twats <laughs> that I said it I when it, you Becky. talk to when <laughs> you did it's fine you can twat away when you talk to a non non-horsey person who knows nothing about horses and you start to explain what the tradition what we do with horses mm-hmm. They are absolutely shocked, aren't they? They're yeah. like, I don't understand why you do that. No. I have no, why would you yeah. do that? And it's it's mm-hmm. really quite um, interesting how it is such a culture and mm-hmm. such a, you know, and there are good people in the traditional world. And I say this all the time because I work in the traditional world and they do love their horses. And they're misled. They probably think. They probably think their horses love them too, and they're doing the best that they can. What I love about the questionnaire 
is that you're not judging, which is obviously what me and Kate do quite a lot. But um, you're not judging. You're you're just questioning. You're you're saying, so what about that? And what about that? And do you do this? And do you do this? And do you do this? So you're not. You're just giving them questions so that they can then take that home and 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 either bury it or open it up and find that can of worms and yeah. and just work through it you know and I think that's that's what's really powerful about them trying to um help people realize that there are other ways that are just as enjoyable you can have just mm. as much fun you can do just as much stuff with your horses but in a very different way and I think most of the clients that I see that are in that traditional world they still want to do the right thing they might just be in a different culture. They might be surrounded by people that um, they feel they can't. So they're in they're in deep, if you know what I mean, in the system. Or that horse wouldn't work. It wouldn't work for that horse. And all these things. And I think having that questionnaire just helps them realise that the barriers aren't actually that high. They can look at other ways and and hopefully explore and expand. And I think again, the equestrian world was so focused on what rug, what tack, what competition. We actually need to be focusing on when you when you have a dog, you focus on training, don't you? You really focus on training, as in the, those fundamental things. And when we have a horse, we focus on training for disciplines, but not actually just general training. We don't look at general training. We look at dressage. We look at jumping. So what we need to be looking at is what are they like when you groom them? What are they like when you walk them out? What are you like? You know, all the gen, you know, those basic things which yeah. aren't actually that basic. They're quite big and we take so much advantage of them. Yeah. Um, no. So I think the questionnaire is a really good, good start for people to, to start questioning themselves, really, without being, yeah. without it being judgmental. I had a lot of feedback actually saying I found that a really good exercise to actually make me stop and think what am I doing so it's almost that people are probably in the habit yeah. that they're doing things and not even realizing um oh you said so much great stuff there I want to yeah add to all of it um but yeah uh, going back to just the, the comparison with dogs I love that you're bringing it up because that's um the plan for the end part of my PhD is actually say okay we've looked at this in horses now let's speak to people who own both dogs and horses and see if they hold the same beliefs about training for both species if they do yeah. great if they don't why not why these are yes. two animals you own what's inherently different about the horse and that is a really really important <laughs> question as well so that is something that we've often talked about becky it's because they they fall between is it because they fall between this pet and this farm yeah. animal or or what is yeah, they it? don't so, live with us or yeah yeah what? yeah oh my goodness mm. or but are they also <laughs> well do you know what mm. i also have a theory yeah. can i also just <laughs> give you a theory on this one for your phd i'm gonna say i actually think it's something to do with vocalization interesting yeah the fact that a horse can't vocalize when it's like being kicked or in pain I think that it creates this disassociation and it's you know it's a bit like eating meat but not being able to go to a slaughterhouse kind of thing you know because you can eat meat fine but if you went there you'd be like oh my god I can't do that yeah kind of a yeah. little bit it's so interesting and then um, one of my so I've got two supervisors one's joe and one's emily blackwell who's also at bristol but she's a like dog research person looked at basically this topic in dog training um and so part of my study one of the studies 
I've done is um, I looked at the literature and I took horse training papers and I had to send her the methodologies and say, how would you code this in terms of what learning theory they're applying and what method they're applying? And she came back because she's not horsey. She came back going, I'm really shocked because we wouldn't get ethical approval to do any of this in dogs. And they were studies that it was like um, putting a head collar on and adding some pressure on the lead rope to pull the horse to walk down a corridor. And she was like, you, you couldn't get ethical approval to use that much negative reinforcement on a dog. And in the dog training studies, aversive training is punished, like positive punishment and negative reinforcement. In the horse studies, the standard is negative reinforcement. Yeah. The positive punishment is also kind of there a lot. And it's the uh, positive reinforcement that's like the weird odd one, I think, still. So interesting, isn't it? Do you think as well, like people are scared they're bigger horses are bigger than us you know and then why don't we have more respect for them like we do for zoo animals because the zoos are way ahead of us and like all have you looked at the way they train giraffes and elephants and all these things because they're like well this animal's dangerous i would not force them to do something that they didn't want to do because that would be Mm. dangerous but with horses we do and i think back to being a bhs kid where i don't know if you guys did it did you ever memorize the levels of restraint that go from like a head collar to a control head collar to a bridle to a chifney to drugs <laughs> but, yeah. but nowhere in there is it like train the horse to feel comfortable with whatever you're doing or that's so it's, true it's so, so true yeah. okay I it's know crazy, I keep it? talking about th- I'm just going to put one more yeah, out there okay <laughs> and if, if I after this podcast comes out I turn up dead we'll all know why can you tell the conspiracy <laughs> It's the money, all the big, the races, the people that own that, all the billionaires are up there. They bloody love the racing and they don't want it to stop. So you got to fight with money, money versus money. It's it's unfortunate, but I'm pretty sure that's why this is all happening. No, I agree. Well, I think, I think, I, think I mean, you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just have to look at the World Cup, don't you, to say money talks. I mean, it's, you know, money over ethics every time, and that's people. Absolutely. So horses are going to be way down, way down. Oh, way and the down. royal family and all that. I mean, God, let's, you know. I'm going to stay quiet, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, might, I might write to Harry and say, look, Harry, come on then. Why don't we just take it down together? Let's take it down with us. <laughs> but we could say, so the Queen employed Monty Roberts. I don't know if you guys are aware of, of that. She, she she brought him over to the UK back in the back in the day. I don't know when. Oh well, um, actually, so she, you could argue she was trying to do the best. Yeah, but, and that that point, it probably was one of the best methods. So yeah, but she just stopped trying. This is the bit yep. that goes yes, wrong. That's... This is what where people go wrong is they go right. That's it. I've learned it. I've done it. This is how I do it, and they forget that we evolve as people and we have to go along with the latest research and we go yeah absolutely we could look like absolute idiots in 10 years time going oh my god we were so wrong <laughs> I hope we do, <laughs> yeah, I hope we do. can you believe they were controlling us the whole time and they knew exactly they were managing us <laughs> but you know I hope we can't do. And stay I, think, still. I think you can't stay still and I think there's a, a big I mean in the bird world because obviously I've got my parrots which I clearly haven't talked enough about <laughs> but um there, there is a thing was that you wouldn't you wouldn't do it to a tiger you wouldn't do it to a tiger so you don't don't force them because there's a lot of force that goes on with small animals with you know rabbits guinea pigs 
you know, rat, pet rats, birds, it happens an awful lot. So there's that saying, you wouldn't do it to a tiger, which we need to do it with horses. But also I think, I wonder whether sometimes the management side of the UK is is uh, is stunted because of because we don't have enough space. Mm. So when, so, all, so a lot of my clients are in livery and they don't have enough space to to give their horses what they would like. They understand the restrictions. They understand what they would like to give their horses, but the livery yards, they can't access it because we don't have enough space. And there's a balance there. Of, obviously then the selfish gene comes in and they, they choose to have that horse and they choose to maybe make the life of that horse as best they can. You know, I was saying to Kate leading up to Christmas, my livery yard clients, they've all got advent calendars for their horses, which have got, you know, all treats in and they try they try their best, you know, they really are trying their best. But at the end of it, their horses are, are still living in quite limited mm. um, habitats, really. They are like zoo animals expecting expected mm-hmm. to go and perform. And that's actually really restricting. And therefore, sometimes I think the way that they behave with those horses is due to those restrictions because mm-hmm. they feel that they have to control they feel they have to be in charge because they are expecting those horses to live in habitats that aren't brilliant but also tick boxes for them personally now yeah, we ask absolutely. an awful lot out of our horses than we do any other animal I think our dogs don't get anywhere near a bad a deal as the horses get I can't think of another animal. You know, you think about animals that graze, alpacas, sheep, cows. Okay, meat trade, that's awful. But, you know, you look at your, you know, the horses, they're expected to do everything, aren't they? And be everything. It's a massive pressure. And, um, yeah, it, I think we're very limited with space in the UK. Mm-hmm. And, and and it doesn't it doesn't help. It doesn't help us expand um, our way of thinking because, because we're restricting their habitat, we kind of help, it restricts our mindset as well, I think. Mm, yeah, um, I think we need really to start looking at keeping them in big herds and, mm. and having track liveries, which are which are up and coming. They are they are getting more out there, but you know, still people are really super scared about about turnout with other horses. That's a yeah. huge issue for a lot of people. No, absolutely. And I love um the points you brought up there as well about we can't be too kind of perfectionistic about this because we live in the real world where there's actual practical restrictions um, and barriers. So yes, with my project, that's what I'm going to try and capture is not only motivation to change, but actually, is it possible? Are you at a yard where you would be bullied if you changed? So actually, of course, that's a big barrier you're not going to, or maybe you physically don't have the capability to use a particular training method. So then again, you're not going to change. So it's making people want to change, but then also saying, is it realistic? in the environment that they're currently yeah. in. Yeah, like because yeah. the, they don't have the support there. I've met so many people and and it's really hard when you're the only person. And then, you know, as well, unfortunately, positive reinforcement, I mean, doesn't look the coolest at times. You know, you're there with your stick. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's watching you, you know, it's it's really, really difficult. But um and it can be it can be bullish it can uh, yards can be really bullish and and really cause people some serious um mental health issues and stuff it, it's absolutely awful so if we do that to each other it's not surprising we do it to our horses it's kind of like <laughs> you know a culture of of both i guess but 
It's very, it's very sad. Obviously, not everybody that doesn't do positive reinforcement is like that. I'll put in that disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. No, and I'm not here to to judge, but but I'm just curious to know. Ella, can I just ask you, um, because we were just talking earlier, just quickly, about actually, before we go on, are there any other points you would like to talk about from your PhD? Um, I'll just bring up one more, last one. Again, it's about using food, so I thought you guys would be kind of interested. Um, I looked at age and how age of the participants related to likelihood of using food and also the likelihood of using natural horsemanship. Do you want to guess? Do you think younger yeah, people are yeah. more likely to train with food? Or Yeah, I do. I think, yeah, I think older people I think are younger less people. likely. Yeah. 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 So it was yeah. those young, and it was almost the graph I've got is gorgeous. It's like this perfect... <laughs> they become more likely to use it um the younger they are and then it was the exact reverse for negative horsemanship uh, natural horsemanship sorry wow that um, yeah. it was the older people were more likely to use it is what it looks like yeah. in first impression although i will say as i've gone through and had a look at the data there's almost an inverse relationship between how willing they are to train with food and how willing they are to use natural horsemanship so i don't know if it actually those things seem very entangled in like a mm. the more likely you are to use one there's like you are to use the other I so think, that's yeah. something I need to dig into I'm not going to say too much more on that but Ooh, that's, that's really interesting I yeah. think that there's a lot of misunderstanding around the wording natural horsemanship mm-hmm. people it really confuses people and I think people get confused between you know all the different quadrants mm-hmm. and natural mm-hmm. horsemanship is a really is too too vague and some people have a bad name for it and some people have a good yeah. you know it's just yeah interesting yeah. and um, I did I will say and, I did and Mon- Monty Roberts was together. very popular wasn't he sorry sorry yeah. I was just gonna say disclaimer in my Shame. questionnaire I did lump all the methods together so it was like Pirelli Monty Roberts in the natural horsemanship category kind of all those different groups yeah and I did have yeah. some comments saying that people who use those methods said that's not on our methods are very different but actually currently we don't have hard evidence well that sounds harsh um but in the literature they often get lumped together because it is hard to tease them apart because fundamentally they're based on a lot of the same principles like you're trying to communicate like horses do i'm doing quotes for people just listening um (laughs) um, (laughs) but yeah so I, i had people quite upset that i put them together because they felt they maybe did Monty Roberts method, but it, that was very different to Pirelli. So again, yeah. that's in the future. I'm going to have to separate them out and I think treat them as different entities. So because, but but you you could kind of understand that, can't you? Because yeah. most most people aren't going to know the difference between the learning quadrants and each mm-hmm. of these like styles that these show people have you know they are all basically the same thing but just you know a little tweak here and there isn't it it's but it's very confusing and misleading but it goes back to show it's about how you market it it's Mm -hmm. about how um much people like you and less scary probably than saying negative reinforcement and this is how we do it yeah actually saying no if you just do this you'll do this and it looks very nice and it's easy to understand and follow yeah yeah yeah. i think it's very interesting yeah, I think it's very interesting that that, that that those groups got kind of said, we're, we're not that group, we're this group, but they mm. fall under that bracket. I find that divide quite fascinating mm. and quite telling. Monty mm. Roberts, I went to see Monty Roberts years ago, and he is an amazing showmanship. Mm. And I've seen Kelly Marks too, who I know is slightly different. But um, 
he, I mean, he's adamant he doesn't use food. There's no way he will use food with horses. So that was a very big um, marketing skill, wasn't it? Marketing um, promotion of his that he doesn't treat horses. And um, yeah. I, because he saw it as a cover up to how that horse really feels about you, which goes full circle <laughs> back to you saying about, you know, we, we, this myth that the horse should love us and trust mm -hmm. us and connect with us. So it's very interesting how that came about, really. But mm -hmm. the Pirelli, it's interesting that Pirelli don't want to be mixed with the, um, Monty Roberts and Monty Roberts gang don't want to yeah. be mixed with Pirelli. I find that quite, quite comical. <laughs> interesting one to look more into yeah so that's why next Very stage is I want to get people who will kind of follow one method and all agree and get them to mm. sit there in a discussion group and kind of talk about why they use it and why it's so great and then ask well why don't you use this method why don't you use this method and see what there is it because food you don't want to bribe your horse is it like that's what I really <sighs> am interested to do oh I want to be a fly on a wall um Oh, brilliant, Ella. Thank you so much for showing that because it really, really is so interesting. And, uh, you know, definitely we want to keep up and, and know what what like concrete stuff comes out of it too. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, We were talking at the beginning because I just really want to touch on this because you've got your own horses, haven't you? And you were just telling us how during lockdown you got a feral pony and trained it. And I just wanted to talk to you about that a little bit and how you did it, because I think that sounds awesome. And and how was that experience for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my first comment is, I think, saying I trained him. I, yeah, I don't feel like we're anywhere near done yet. And I, I'm not sure how good a job I've done. And that's why I find you guys so inspirational, because you're really inspiring me and motivating me to, like, get out and do more with him. Oh, but, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> not used to this yeah. Becky are we we love know, Ella like, <laughs> like a fan. um yeah so his name is Bob and he was running feral on the Welsh commons up until he was five years old actually until he got a big injury on his leg so he kind of got a massive gash on one of his legs and he had to be brought in so there's a charity that goes and kind of brings those in that aren't coping with living out there I think just when numbers get too high they bring them in um and so they treated his leg um, he'd obviously never been handled before anything and then they were looking for a new home for him um, and yeah I was in a weird stage in my life where I thought yeah do you know what why not and I needed another one because I've got my two oldies so my two old horses who need like ad-lib hay and feed and mash and they're in one kind of field um, and then I had my younger pony who was a very well is a very good doer put on lots of weight and it was so sad but he just wasn't working being in with my old two basically so I was like I need a little another young native pony to live with my uh, current young native pony so we got Bob um Bob. moment of madness yeah Bob but he's like a little Welsh pony Bob is a cob's name I think yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I challenged myself to try and do I'm not gonna say exclusively, but as much as I could with positive reinforcement, basically. And obviously there's gonna be times where I didn't and I've slipped and there are some things I'm not super happy with how I did it. But actually, yeah, especially at the start, everything I did was in the middle of the field, first of all, so he could move away at any point because he was terrified of you. Yeah, I was gonna say hand towards him and he would snap at it or turn and want to kick you. Yeah. And I had people saying to me, you need to punish that as soon as possible because that's dangerous. Mm. he's just learning he can do that he's going to be a dangerous pony oh, um goodness. I've never once punished him for it or not intentionally anyway um and that's touchwood gone 
Um, <laughs> so, wow. I mean, unless I move quickly and scare him, but in general, yeah, that's gone. And so I did it all in the middle of the field um, with targeting and stuff. So that's how I started. He'd kind of just about come over and take a treat from your hand or treat from a bucket. So I started with just him coming and touching a target and then progressed to actually him body targeting. So moving towards me, um, that's how I got him used to touch. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's gone from there. Um, so he was great with his head collar. So never, never, ever have I gone and shoved a head collar on him. I'll like stand and hold it out. And he loves that because he comes and puts his nose in, um, which all sounds very good until <laughs> I tell you that I've not done a great job of generalizing this to other people. So that's the oh, problem okay. that he's kind of like, oh, you're you're fine to me. Um, I need to really work and make other people fine too because I feel like I'm letting him down quite a lot. That if something were to happen to me, I <laughs> he's not used to being handled in the normal way. If someone did go and shove a head collar on him, I think he would freak out. So like, I'm happy yeah. with how I've done it, but also I've made a lot of mistakes and yeah. We've but got I get our way of doing it. But so actually, actually, do you know what? You're just right on target, really. But you've done it exactly the right way because now you're onto the generalization phase. Yeah. So that is just part of your shaping plan. So you need to give yourself a big pat on the back because that is just awesome. Have you? Did you do um, the same training methods with your other horses or? Mm. Uh, no I didn't yeah. so that's really interesting uh no so growing up I was totally traditional BHSE yeah. so my older two that's what they always had um I then so when I was 13 I think I got my other pony who I promised my parents if you buy me a pony I'll um break him in and train him and we'll sell him in a year and we'll, we'll make money you know, <laughs> don't ever cost you money um so yeah he's still here <laughs> so that's my other one whose name many, is Brum how many years is that me, oh, oh yeah Brum so whenever you say rum and he just he reminds me of I think you're rum oh, so it's, oh that's lovely yeah he's a very sweet boy so yeah he's still here he's not going anywhere none of mine are ever going anywhere um, <laughs> so yeah so I, I didn't with them back in the day and then I started it with my youngest one and then I do a bit with the old guys for fun now they like targeting and stuff but not so much and I will it's easy for me to kind of unintentionally revert back to doing things more traditionally with the older two but then because Bob's only ever had (laughs) the more positive way that I've done it he would remind me if I reverted back (laughs) might not even understand it he'd be like what what (laughs) I don't do this um do you have any friends or anyone have you got anyone you can think of that you could use to help yeah well this is my this is what I need to do and that's why I'd love to pick your brains at one point you guys um yeah about just the best way best way to do that do I want him approaching them do I want him stationed them approaching him I'm basically just at the point where I think I'm a bit scared to do it if I'm oh I think I'm like you know when you're stalling and you're like let me think about the best way to do it so I don't mess it up um okay I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna so you don't have to be worried so you're always gonna work under threshold so none of so you don't have to worry okay because it's a lot of the time it's about us um so you have you got someone in mind that's yeah. the first point okay yeah. mm-hmm. and they are just nice and calm authentic people okay cool so where you have bob at the moment are is it what's it the setup like are there cars around there are other people around is this going to be the very first person he sees so i'm saying he, so he's 
he hasn't seen a lot of other people but actually I have had obviously vet for vaccinations and stuff so that's not been very positive and he does have the farrier so I've counter conditioned the farrier like crazy so oh, well the done. farrier will come and just give him a quick trim again not sure I did it in the perfect way but he's getting better and we've just counted it like crazy and yeah. he is kind of happy to stand there if I keep forcing food down his throat. Yeah. So again, not super proud of how I've done that. But, but you have to, things like that, yeah. medical things that like you have to get yeah. that done. Like you have to just do it in the nicest way that mm. you can. And, and that's yeah. absolutely fine. So he's in a field. So Yeah. He's on a track with my other pony. Yeah. Okay. And fancy. we're really lucky. We've got a nice big, yard and tracks and things that we can walk around not near a road so he goes on walks so he'll go out with walks with me we target strange things he goes in the sea we're right in the beach so oh, yeah he's he, he's got out and done stuff and seen stuff just it's more other people approach you approaching just, him yeah yeah so what I would body do language is insane it just changes and he's totally on edge it's so interesting wow mm. okay so what I would be doing first is I would you'll be there right and you ask your your person to come like if they're coming in the car actually just observe bob and see if he changes just when it's just the car because that's your starting point you've got to find your starting point first so when as soon as you see he's starting to get a little bit stressed out you're like okay this is and then you take it from there and you do it step by step and you come in and have that person maybe eventually give nice things or you know exactly what to do. No, I don't, I don't mine. I panic. You. No, I don't. I don't. Can I make a suggestion? Can I make a suggestion, Ella? It's yeah, up please, to you. But um, have you have a look at the cat approach? Have you looked at the cat approach? Yeah, yeah. I've well, heard so, of it. <laughs> so I think that could really work. But also, mm-hmm. you're a Patreon. So mm-hmm. why don't you, if you fancy it, yeah. get a video in? Yeah. And then Kate and Trudy can give you feedback. That would yeah. be so you'll have good. you'll have two of the best trainers in the world. <laughs> no, that would be awesome. I find it <laughs> absolutely terrifying, which I know is bad because I know feedback is good, but I'm just oh I'm so scared. Oh come on, Trudy's but, great. Uh, you, and yeah, we do Q and A's. So we do Q Q and A's with yeah. Trudy, and she she I mean she's honest. There's no you know she will yeah she'll strip it down, but she's she spots everything absolutely everything so I broke a couple of ribs um just after new year nothing to do with new year sex or horses sadly (laughs) Uh, very boring and I was a bit um like just wussy training I just was not on it at all and I sent her a video and she just said um you're just not you're just not there you you you're, you're too worried about your physical body you're not giving the right cues and she was so right and how she saw that from the video and I'm trying to have my game face on and my training you know all of that I have no idea but she picked it up so the first Saturday of every month we Mm -hmm. have a Patreon takeover where you can send in your video so that's coming up so you've you've got a little bit looking at the date yeah that's all and then that's good because that that gives you a deadline and then Kate and we'll give you feedback and then when we do the Q&A with Trudy will give you feedback too and and honestly it's it's so valuable to have those people give you feedback because that's how we learn and Kate's come up with some great ideas and you can use like protective contact and all sorts of stuff or the cat approach or whatever but if we see the video then Kate's going to be able to give you her expert expert feedback and Trudy's going to give you it too which is brilliant but um yeah. Bob sounds I, awesome. and we'd like to see Bob obviously yeah he's very cute he's looking a bit fat at the moment so oh, well, <laughs> and actually Ella 
something for you as well. So <laughs> when you're there and you can feel yourself kind of like, just think about making your exhales longer than your inhales okay so breathing in for three out for six whatever it is that will reduce your heart rate and also just try and really feel your feet on the ground think about roots going down into the ground like get yourself strong before you even attempt it make sure that you're feeling okay yeah and don't and don't push it you don't have to push it to a point where it's going to get out of control you don't need to worry about that because you're going to do it step by step it's going to be fine it's going to yeah. be all good isn't it interesting though how I, I just find it so nerve-wracking with him yeah because I think he's not seen humans before so it's all on me and he's like this pure mm. untouched thing and I'm like I, I'm going to form his whole opinion of humans and so I'm so scared it's just interesting but isn't he's it, to get so lucky wrong. to have you oh, I, to do no, that I because you're no. so worried about getting it wrong and you <laughs> want to get it so right my god I wish every horse had someone like you that would thought about these things like people no most people wouldn't think about that Ella most people would not think oh not sure if they're going to be okay with humans you know it's that's really just fantastic thinking I think it's brilliant I can't wait to see the video I'm going to add something else as well because I just want to say I don't know who you've got in mind but I have felt in the past that it's a good idea to not have someone horsing because then you can tell Mm -hmm. them exactly what you want yes they don't have any preconceived mm-hmm. ideas and to not have your partner because whatever your partner does winds the fuck <laughs> <laughs> good advice thank you so so yeah <laughs> but you have whoever yeah. you have yeah those no no that makes I've sense tried, I've, done I've, done, I've, I've had a i've had a horsey friend come in and help me as well and i've just said no you can fuck off <laughs> <laughs> well, and then i've brian and it's like seriously why are you so slow why can't you do this why can't you do that I'm just Brian is in the background by the way you do know that he's just (laughs) now and and he's not naked for a change but um is I'm not he's not did you tell him because Ella was on did you say you're gonna have to put some clothes on because we've got Ella tonight (laughs) and you can't exhale and inhale for any number of breaths it's just never gonna happen oh Oh, um Ella, where can we find out about you and this study oh. for people that want to find the results um, you? Because obviously you are also an animal welfare lecturer, which we haven't yeah. touched on. No, um, which I'm fairly new to. And it sounds more impressive than it is, I think. Oh, <laughs> Do you know what? I, would, I think we need to have Ella back on for sure. Yeah, because I also, you know, I think people would be really interested in Bob's journey. Yes, well. no, yes, please get and the results and the results to motivate me because, like I say, I think I procrastinate a bit because it's a bit scary for me to do. Yeah, so get that. That totally would be good. That. Yeah. Okay, we're going to be your accountability partners. Yes. That would be great. <laughs> that would be awesome. Awesome. <laughs> okay, you. we got you. We will call you so, out on the podcast if you don't do yeah. it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no. Great. There we go. Now I've got. To. <laughs> no, now you've not got to. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. That's good. No, that's good. Ella, when when are you hoping to publish the results of the survey and how can people find out about it? Um, I want a disclaimer that I am studying part-time alongside working, so it's maybe going to be longer than people expect. Um, Those that took part, you can email me and I'll send you a summary sheet of the findings when they're available. Um, And and your email address? Do you want uh, to say it on the podcast? Yeah, no, I'm happy to say it. So it's just um, ella.bartlett, so my name, uh, at bristol.ac.uk. 
is the email. I can write that somewhere as well at one point. Um, I'll also yeah. say that if anyone's really keen to get involved in the future in any of the interviews or discussion groups, again, email me. I do. Because I don't know if that's going to be in person <laughs> or you guys can help me because I I don't know whether I want to like travel around the country to like Pirelli camps and like yeah. clicker training camps. I don't know if that's how or just do online. Um, so mm, that's Oh my something. God, can I come with you if you go around everywhere? You do, I need Okay, you have to it sounds really quite scary. No, <gasps> Ella, Ella, genuinely, you need gaffer tape. yes, let's do it. You need let's gaffer do tape. it. Gaffer tape. You're a sister. I could take notes. I'll take notes. <laughs> if you want to type it all up, because that's the worst. <laughs> the worst. <job. laughs> Honestly, I'm dreading that. <laughs> you ask Becky I'd ask her how long it takes me to type up a podcast I don't do them actually anymore she doesn't we don't do that we don't talk about that do we Becky and no. if you take her on camps you're going to need gaffer tape <laughs> and <laughs> yeah that's true we're going to go to all these natural horsemanship camps we need to be on hang on a minute when I became an equine behavioral consultant I had to <laughs> become very good at not showing stuff when I'm not happy I'm very good I can I can put a face on anything can't I Becky <laughs> yeah <laughs> good but yeah so that's all okay. that's all in the works so oh it's going downhill now look <laughs> yeah it is. I didn't I start with professional like you did so. and then I was falling apart like I've got this pony and I'm scared to do oh, awesome. um, I love the way that actually Becky I've noticed when when we talk and actually we were talking earlier because you said um you're talking to Tamsin Fatada who also we've had on the podcast and whenever we talk to people that do research you guys are so polite and you really always thank us for our questions it's like you're it's like do you get taught that like when you're a researcher <laughs> to go yeah good question thank you very much so like that's no, actually, genuinely at a conference yes you do you have to say thank you that's a really nice question a really interesting question and if you don't know you go oh, I'll look into that that's really interesting thank you well oh, actually we kind of we kind of do <laughs> I knew oh. it I knew it Becky I knew <laughs> it debunked <laughs> there Truth you go they actually just have to say that they don't really think yeah we don't actually oh brilliant Ella thank you so so much really thank enjoyed you guys talking to you so much it's been brilliant yeah, yeah we could talk Ella. all night. Great so. We could, we could. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing Bob. Yeah. Oh, Bob. oh gosh, I've got a Bob. Yep. <laughs> he's very sweet. He's also very curious. So he's he's wanting to oh, do stuff. He's perfect. almost like curious a Bob. Curious Bob. Curious? I love that. He's very cute. Oh my god. Maybe curious Bob could become the new Equus Scholars. <gasps> like thing. I don't know. Cartoon. <laughs> How do we introduce Curious Bob to people? Oh my God, oh. Ella! Here we go. Talking. Here we go. Yeah. We need to introduce him to everything. Everything. Rugs. I'm trying to come up with a plan to just in case he injures himself and needs a rug on ever. I'm trying to think about can I give him a stop cue? Like I just I'm I love what you guys do. So I'm trying to think how can I can it's I be crazy clever in how I apply it. When you start thinking about all these little things that we don't just generally don't train it, it's absolutely mind-boggling thank you I need to go I got feed all the family sorry <laughs> can I also add just just another add to Bob but next week we have Shauna on the podcast oh yeah and our pay and our Patreons get Q&A so if you've got any questions for Shauna about Bob then you can tap into Bob no, you, Bob, can tap in <laughs> Shauna, Kate, and Trudy. What? One yeah. go. 
Bob's like I'm the luckiest good. pony. You've got, you've got the Queen, the <laughs> Duchess, and the, the Queen, the Duchess, and the Joker on your team. <laughs> Hang on, what? Which one? Of I... <laughs> yeah, who's who? <laughs> I think we all know who's who on that one. <laughs> oh. I always thought Trudy was a joker anyway. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to make contact with either Kate or myself, you can contact us via Facebook. We are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships. Or you can check me out, Becky, on my website, www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye bye.